You're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and this week is going to be kind of a lazy episode. But before we get into it, let's get into the first segment. List building with Joe. So you heard me say it once already. Um, this is this is going to be a lazy episode, and uh, if you didn't believe me, um, I'm going to talk about my uh, worlds list, the list that I'm going to be bringing to worlds, uh, at least to the LCQ. And um, so for those not familiar with it, it's uh, Isophane's uh, Seer Swarm, or as I like to call it, General Crack. And you start off with General Grievous with Outmaneuver, Imperium Plating, and Solus One. Then you add in Captain Seer with K2B4, Shield Upgrade, and Impervium Plating. Then you have DFS-81 with Energy Shell Charges, Independent Calculations, and Grapply Struts. One, two, three Separatist Drones with Discord Missiles, Grappling Struts, and Independent Calculations. And rounding out the list, you have the Iron Assembler with Energy Shell Charges, Independent Calculations, Grappling Struts, and Munitions Failsafe. Now, uh, you already heard me talk about this list. Uh, let's get into uh, why I like it. And um, first, I love having an outmaneuver ship, and General Grievous is probably the best five points that you can spend in the game. Um, I set kind of the uh, vultures up in pairs. So the I-3s are in pairs. The iron assemblers usually kind of in the middle somewhere in between. And then Seer, uh, I set up so he has range three of everyone else. And... Um, Sorry, I had to think of something real quick. And uh, General Grievous is off on the side. And it's it's really a, a unique list. Um, it's challenging to fly, but there are some issues with it. Um, I think, oh, I... The biggest thing is you get initiative killed a lot with this list, and generally you're going to have a vulture pop or two, um, but somehow it manages to claw its way back a lot of times, uh, unless I completely screw up. But, um, um, you know what, I'm just going to leave that and adjust it later. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a challenging list, but... There are times that I want to pull my hair out and do it. And a lot of that's because we got three health on two agility for five of the ships. Everything else is on two agility. Um, and things just kind of tend to pop. Um, and it's it's frustrating. So you have to be very careful how you fly it. Um, but you'd be surprised even... Um, like I won a game the other day uh, against Vader and the boys... Um, where I only had three vultures left. Um, like, I lost Grievous, I lost Seer, um, and I had three vultures, and I still managed to, to pull a win out. So, it can do work, but it's not always there, right? 
And I think it's it's an interesting meta call because a lot of people are saying now you need at least three agility. And um, I tend to agree with them, but I'm still going to bring this list because I've got the most practice with it. And um, that's, I don't know, that's just where I'm at, where I'm comfortable. Um, let me know if you got any questions in the Discord. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. AMG Rules Forum. And this week we'll start off with Chance Engagement Scoring Clarification. OP. The third bullet point under Scoring for Chance Engagement Scenario states, states, quote, When a ship is reduced to half its health, the imposing player immediately gains mission points equal to half the squad point value of the destroyed ship, rounded down. Shouldn't the last part, end quote, shouldn't the last part be gains mission points equal to half the squad point value of the damaged ship? If the ship is reduced to half health, it implies it wasn't destroyed, only damaged. Answer. The document will be updated in the future. It should read, gain missions point equal to half the squad point value of the ship rounded down. Next question. Does Countdown's ability... Does Countdown count for Ubo's ability? OP. Countdown states, quote, While you defend after the neutralized result steps, if you are not stressed, you may suffer one standard damage and gain one stress token. If you do, cancel all dice results, end quote. Flight Litter Ubo reads, quote, After a friendly ship at range 0-2 defends, if it was dealt a damage card, you may perform a bonus attack against the attacker, end quote. If Countdown's ability is used to cancel all die results and Countdown suffers one damage in the course of that pilot ability, can Ubel perform a bonus attack against the ship that attacked Countdown because of that damage? Answer. While Countdown can cancel all dice results by suffering a damage, if that Countdown has no active shields, it will be dealt a damage card as a result of suffering one damage. This also occurs while you are defending, so Ubel's timing window is active because Countdown was dealt a damage card while defending when their ability is used. Alright, next question. Strutlock Override and Stun Pilot. OP. If a, str- if a ship with Strutlock Override activates the ability and has the Stun Pilot damage card, do they still take damage if moving through not onto an obstacle. Does ignoring obstacles override the damage from the stunned pilot? Answer, no. When you ignore obstacles, you ignore the effects of obstacles. The obstacles are still treated as being present for the effects that check for their presence or absence, such as the stunned pilot damage card or debris gambit. As these cards, as these are card effects, they are not ignored. Next question, Sickening Maneuver. OP, if Sicko is ionized and is assigned the Sickening Maneuver condition, which game effect is resolved if Sicko reveals their dial? Would Sicko execute the Sickening Maneuver and then remain ionized and on the following activation resolve the ionized condition? Answer, no. Ships cannot use abilities that triggered from an ionized ship revealing its dial. An ionized Sicko lat gunship 
would reveal its dial, perform the ion maneuver, then remove the sickening maneuver condition. Salvage mission, and I'll show you the dark side. OP. A ship assigned... A ship assigned the I'll show you the dark side condition is towing a crate on salvage mission. During an engagement, the ship would suffer a critical hit, but is instead dealt a face-up damage card associated with the condition. Does the ship drop its cargo, or does it not suffer a crit because I show you the dark side is a replacement effect? Answer. No, a ship that has the I'll show you the dark side condition assigned to it would be dealt the associated damage cards instead of suffering a critical damage and it would not have to drop the cargo. Interesting. Okay, next question. Seventh Sister Imperial Crew versus Nine Numb Resistance T70. OP, how is the timing resolved if both want to remove or replace the stress? Thanks. Answer, 7th Sister ability would cause the ship to gain either a jam or a tractor token instead of a stress token. As 9-num ability happens after you gain the stress token, his never has the chance to trigger. Interesting. I would have thought that would have been a timing window thing, but uh, I guess not. Okay, automated targeting priority versus munitions failsafe. OP. Does automated target priority still receive a calculate token when munitions failsafe is used? Automated target priority reads, While you perform an attack, you must choose a defender at the closest valid attack range. After you perform an attack that missed, place one calculate token on this card. Before you engage, you may remove one calculate token from this card and gain a matching token. Munitions failsafe reads, while you perform a torpedo or missile attack, after rolling attack dice, you may cancel all dice results to recover one charge you spent as the cost of the attack. This would suggest that ATP does not trigger when munitions failsafe is used because the attack has canceled. Please confirm. Thank you. Answer. While munitions failsafe allows you to recover a spent charge in exchange for canceling your attack dice results, you still resolve the remaining steps of the attack, including rolling defense dice. The attack would miss, and you would place one calculate token on the automated target priority card. Also interesting. Alright, Colorado I holdout clarifications. OP. Are the Colorado I holdouts supposed to have a white calculate action given they have a red focus when linked from a barrel roll, or is the linked action supposed to be a calculate? Are they also are they meant to be able to equip grappling struts or not? Answer The action bar, linked action bar, and upgrade slots for the Corrado I holdout are correct. Okay. Next one, quad jumper and cloak. OP, does quad jumper special space tug tractor array work if it is cloaked? Cloaked ship is disarmed, so it could not attack, but can do actions. And the space tug tractor array states, action, choose a ship in range one in your front arc. That ship gains one tractor token or two two tractor tokens if it is in your bullseye arc. 
Great way of pestering obstruction, by the way. Answer. Yes, being cloaked does not prevent a ship from performing an action, with the exception of the cloak action. Okay. Ursa Wren and R3. OP. Does Ursa Wren crew rebel ability stack with R3s? So that you can, for example, take three or even four, as in two each locks on the Chesapeake shuttle with targeting computer? Answer. No. Upgrade, damage, and condition cards that use the word you refer to the ship that to which the card has been dealt or equipped. If a ship has both Ursa Wren, Crew, Rebel Alliance, and R3 Astromech equipped, that ship is able to maintain up to two locks. They do not stack. Next question. Compassion. OP. As Compassion states that before another enemy ship at range 0 to 2 would be dealt a face-up pilot or crew damage card, you may spend one force. If you do, that damage card is discarded instead, and you are dealt one face-down damage card. Then, if you have two or more damage cards, recover two force. Considering that St. Moran's ability, quote, while you perform an attack, you may spend one critical result, if you do, deal one face-down damage card to the defender, then cancel your remaining results. Was defined as bypassing of shields, deal damage to ship hull. Does Compassion also deal one hull damage regardless of shields to the ship equipped with it? Answer. Yes, being instructed to be dealt one face-down damage card is different than... Different to being instructed to suffer one damage. When a player is instructed to be dealt a damage card, the card is dealt to the ship regardless of whether the ship has any active shields. This rule can be found under the damage heading in the rules reference guidance. Specifically, first dot point on page 9 of version 1.4.4 of the rules reference guide. Alright, next question. C-3PO and Nora Wexley. C-3PO reads, Before rolling defense dice, you may spend one calculate token to guess aloud a number one or higher. If you do, and you roll exactly that many results, add one result. Nora Wexley reads, While you defend, if there is an enemy ship at range 0 to 1, add one result to your dice results. Is Nora's timing the same as C-3PO's when adding an evasion result? Answer, No. The, if you do, and you roll exactly that many evades results, portion of C-3PO's ability triggers occurs after the dice are rolled before the modified dice step. Very interesting. So, potentially, Nora could have three evades in the arc. That's, that's a thing. Okay. And the last one that we'll read... For today is Chewbacca Crew Resistance. OP, quote, After a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is dealt one damage card, recover one charge. End quote. What's when I take two hits damage cards in one shot? Two charges are recovered or only one? Answer, 
As damage is dealt one at a time, each instant of damage being dealt triggers Chewbacca's ability. In this example, you would recover two charges. Alright, now, now that we're done with those two segments, we can really get into the meat of the episode. And uh, i got to be honest, I don't have a lot of meat in this episode. Um, a lot of factors are, gonna, are going into that. Um, the biggest one being that uh, I'm tired. World's Prep has been uh, amazing and stressful. And I'm just ready to get there. Um, so with that said, um, you've already heard the main list that I'm going to be bringing to the LCQ. I also have uh, three other lists in my world's box that will be going with me, along with a uh, six-point Aces High ship, uh, as I'm be planning on doing at least one Aces High pod, uh, hoping to get as much stuff from the prize wall as I can. Um Gosh, there was something that I wanted to say about World's Prep, and I'm just, my brain, is, it's not, it's not working right now. Um, it was, gosh, what did it have to do with? I know this is just tantalizing um, podcasting. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, what I'm doing for, for actual world. So I get there on Tuesday, uh, I'm taking a day off before and after. So I get there on Tuesday, I'm leaving on Monday. Um, I'm taking a day off before I leave for worlds and a day off after, um, being in the fortunate position I am to be able to do that, um, just to kind of decompress a little bit before I go and then after I get back. Um, oh, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, so I get in on Wednesday, meeting up with my buddy uh, Mason, and then we are going to uh, drive to our hotel, uh, get checked in, and then head over to Adepticon, do all that stuff, and then get ready to go for the LCQ. Then, um, expectations, right? So what are my expectations for worlds? Well, um, I, I gotta be honest, like I, I really want to make day two of Swiss, but I have to, this is, this is the, um, part that I have to be, um, honest with myself in what my expectations are. And uh, while I enjoy playing a variety of different lists and I can be a menace in the local stores here, uh, I'm not always, and generally my record is slightly less than positive. So there is a chance that I don't even make it out of the LCQ. Um, and that's kind of a, a... On the one hand, it's... I don't want it to seem self-deprecating, uh, maybe humbling, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like I would be doing myself a disservice if I get my hopes up about 
getting to a certain level in worlds and not even making it past the LCQ. Um, which is a possibility. Like, even if there's as many open spots as are, as are rumored, um, I could still come in less than the mark. Um, the you need three agility could be a very uh, real part of this meta that I'm choosing to ignore with my list, and it could bite me in the butt. Um, and then, you know, what do I do from there? Well, the answer is um, I hang out. Right, I have have fun with uh, my friends that uh, I have in the X Wing community. Um, trying to spend as much time with them as possible, trying to get as many side games in as I can as possible, especially if there's a prize wall. Um, check out some of the other stuff there at Adepticon, but um, just try not to try not to let the negative self talk that I know I have get the better of me while I'm there. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And and it may surprise myself, right? I also may not. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. Is is and I think that kind of goes into um, setting realistic ex- expectations for yourself when going into especially highly competitive events like this. Is you have to be able to look um, at what you want, um, but also what your past performance has been and have an open and honest conversation with yourself about that. And I know it's hard and I know it sucks. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a necessary part of, um, for lack of a better word, maturity in the game. Um, Jeez, I'm so I'm so scatterbrained right now. Um, I think, and I think the other part of that is, um, I came to a realization uh, last week that so, and this is going to sound strange, and and um, you guys are just going to listen to me vent. Um, for the longest time, I wouldn't allow myself to dream big, dream about winning a big event um, or anything like that or going far um, because I I always thought, well, and I was, and this is kind of the superstitious side of me, I always thought, well, gee, Joe, if you, if you plan that, if you picture yourself doing that, then it won't come true. Um, and I, I've been kind of hard on myself. For that, and last week I kind of came to the realization that it's okay to dream, it's okay to to want to you know go all the way and win worlds. It that's that's perfectly okay. It's okay to have hope, um, and it it doesn't necessarily have an effect on how you're going to play. Um, What's going to have the most effect on how I play is going to be what I allow my diet to be in the days before and during 
worlds, um, how much sugar and caffeine I intake, um, how much sleep I get, uh, how much I drink. Uh, all of that's going to play a factor into, into how I play. Um, way more so than uh, a crazy dream that I win the whole thing. Um, like, and maybe, maybe this is a little too far. Like I have, I have unlucky shirts that I, I won't wear. And, uh, I always joke about, you know, I'm not superstitious. It's bad luck. Um, but it's, that's just kind of how I am. And so I'm trying to push myself beyond that, um, Having bad dice luck has nothing to do with the shirt that I wear. Um, nothing to do with what I ate or how I slept. Um, anything like that. The decisions that I make on the table um, while I'm there with my ships, those are the things that affect the game and the outplay. And that's what I need to be focused on. Right? Anyway, I, I hope this helps. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. Each comment means a lot and tells your, uh, your fellow X-Wingers why they should or should not listen to this podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to support this podcast, um, the only reason I'm able to record these episodes and do the things that... I'm able to do, and the only reason I got selected to go to Worlds uh, is because of the the patrons that support this podcast and keep me going month to month. So if that's something you'd like to do, uh, I have a couple different levels. Please consider supporting the podcast financially. That would also means a lot to me. Um, as you know, I like to end every podcast with a question. And this week's question is, what negative self-talk or superstition would you like to get rid of? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. You're not